I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's happening, Mother Rushers, and welcome to episode 90 of Five Yard College. Ash, you look surprised on the video stream. If you are joining us on the video stream, thank you very much. We appreciate your watching. If you are a audio OG, you're just going to have to come over to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe, hit the like, get the bell so you know when we're coming to you live, because Ash's face was a picture. My man, it's post-draft now. How are you doing? It is post-draft, yeah. I finally got over the the, the draft hangover, um, and now I'm looking forward to the new college season. It's it's quickly approaching. They're going to be into spring camp if we're not already for some of them. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to the new season now. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a bit of a I, I don't know. I'm not going to take shots here at our fellow podcasts, but it's it's a bit of a shame when the the combination of not necessarily the college season, but our college season is the NFL draft. You know, we build up to looking at all the players entering the draft and who we like and and perhaps landing spots and, and obviously mock draft after mock draft after mock draft as Ash takes a sip of possibly the best lager in the world. I'll let you decipher that one, ladies and gentlemen. But it, fantasy football then goes, right, the NFL have got all their players. Let's draft, 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 draft. And the college season, unless you are an ardent fan at that point, completely gets eviscerated from memory because everybody wants to do their rookie drafts. And it's like, no, well, hold up, slow down. Just because the NFL draft is finished, you don't have to get all of your rookie drafts out of the way. As soon as the NFL 
Because if someone goes down five weeks from now in, in summer camp or something and is out for the whole season, you've drafted. But anyway, we're, get, we're getting off on a tangent. It's now about the 2022-23 season for us, Ash. We are going to be doing the best players for our season next week. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to take a look at the top. I haven't decided on a on a number yet, but I think we'll do the we'll we'll definitely do the top fifty, and then we'll sort of focus in on on the on maybe the top sort of ten to twenty um, in a bit more detail. But we've uh, we've got a, a little sneak peek of that towards the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, just, just on your on your point about the drafts, I, I I completely agree with you. I had like four start up on draft like the day after. Luckily, I've left most of my NFL fantasy drafts, and it's a lot of uh, Devi or, or college drafts now. So I've got a little bit of time to relax. But it's yeah, it's, it's crazy just how quickly people want to get on, and then and then that's where you get into the trap when you're in uh, in August and joining loads more leagues to just do drafts. Just, just yes, sir. Just calm down, hold fire, wait a couple of months, and then go get a better understanding of the rosters and the, like you say, the players getting injured. Exactly. And and Ash should know, ladies and gentlemen, because he is now back-to-back head coach of the Yeovil Supernovas. The team name's wrong, Ash. I'm very sorry. But congratulations <laughs> on winning the second league title in, the, in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. The lads, the lads at Ilchester the, uh, won, the, yeah, won the back-to-back trophies, which is yeah, it was lovely. We celebrated last Saturday a little bit too hard, but it's got to be done. It's just you're going for the triple now, the triple crown. It's, it's got to be done, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we're, we're the reserves, so we're staying in the same league. So it is a real possibility. That is the expectation Ooh. for next season on on the guys. I am looking forward to hearing about the celebrations <laughs> of the triple crown. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Right. So we have got some news today. We're going to be going over our, I say, our preseason, ESPN's preseason top twenty-five. Is that Ash? like the fantasy drafts released too early or is this probably the rankings for the season we're going to look at when we hit week zero i would say it's a little bit too early um i've, I've chosen the spm because obviously they're one of the the, the more well-known establishments and it's probably the closest to my opinion there is a big team missing that i was surprised to see but I chose the SPN over some of the other ones that have also done theirs just because it looks a little bit more how I would have it and, and how you would expect it after the way last season went. Yeah. While we are on the subject of drafting, Ash, obviously we're going to have to have the five-yard showdown again this year. Yes. I am now fully committed to Team College after winning it last year. It's only right that you guys have the champ. I say you guys. We have the champ on our team. Uh, you know, not... To win it again would be phenomenal, but we need to come up with who's going to be on our team, who's going to be on the opposition's team, that being five-yard rush. Yeah. Are we going to be fully staff, or are we going to try and rope in some listeners who are dead keen on it? What do you think? I think we try and rope in some listeners again. We did it last year. Um, it was We've done it the last two years with, with staff on each side and listeners, and last year definitely was a big improvement there was there was commitment throughout the year from from most people we had a few drop-offs so I definitely think we should get the listeners involved on both sides and hopefully we get the same sort of commitment that's all we ask if you do join it be committed throughout the season and and we'll all have fun and you'll get to learn some of the players ahead of the the NFL draft for next year and and ahead of the mentor in the NFL so give you a bit more knowledge 
exactly. I know Jack is going to be doing a lot of work for college fantasy this year with us and, and trying to write some articles and start some leagues up and stuff. So good luck with that, Jack, if it's on fan tracks. Oh, talking of fan tracks, Ash, did you see the email today saying they're going to be doing an auto bench feature? Did you see that? I haven't seen it yet, but that's so, good because that was a killer last year. Well, is it good? Because it just at the end of the game, we can stop in the players that you yeah, left off. It does reward people for not setting their lineups. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You no, might as well just set a best ball like league up and Yeah, hundred percent. No, you best are. ball best ball with waivers is is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. So I don't know if Tom's gonna to be commissioning it again. If not, I will, and that feature will not be being ticked in the five yard showdown. <laughs> Hopefully, Yahoo bring back their NCAA fantasy. Look, you and I did lead three years ago now, yeah. Um because yeah, that, that was that was much better than fan tracks. But anyway, we have digressed for a full seven minutes, Rust Nation. Thank you ever so much for sticking with us. Right, Ash, let's do some news. Starting in Florida, former Gators quarterback Emery Jones has announced his commitment to play for Arizona State in 2022. Jones will be immediately eligible for Arizona State, and he has two years of eligibility remaining, which is bananas. It feels like Emory Jones has been playing football forever in college. It does, yeah. I mean, it it remains to be seen if he'll do the two years. If he has a, if he has a good season, then like most, he'll he'll declare early. But he officially has two years left. I think it's a good move getting out from Florida. Obviously, we saw the we saw the split with him and Anthony Richardson last year, and that was going to be even less on his side this year, based on what we've seen and heard about Richardson and the the commitment Miami have got. Uh, sorry, Florida have got to him. Yep. So it's an opportunity for him to go somewhere and be the starter. And I think Arizona could well be a good landing spot for him because he was a bit shaky, a bit up and down last year. So. He's got something to prove heading into 2023, which is going to be difficult if he does declare early because it is a it is a stacked uh, it is a stacked quarterback <laughs> group next year. Yeah, I mean, I imagine we'll be talking about some of those names in a little bit at the end of the pod. Yeah, obviously now AR15 is locked in as the starter in Florida, right? Or is there a freshman there that's pushing him as well? I would say it's pretty much his job to lose. Um, now, now that Jones is gone, they've got Jack Miller has transferred from Ohio State, um, and they've got freshman Max Brown. But I would be Miller will give Richardson a push throughout the whole of this preseason and off uh, and this off season the the training camps. But I'd be very surprised if Richardson Richardson doesn't win out the job. But on the, but Miller hasn't gone there to be a backup either. That's the reason why he left Ohio State. So it will be an interesting battle and one definitely that, that people should pay attention to. Absolutely. We've talked about Ohio State. We're going to stay there. They have confirmed the commitment of quarterback Dylan Riola from the 2024 recruiting class. Riola chose the Buckeyes over Alabama, Georgia, Texas and USC. Is this another Quinn Ewers move, Ash? Or is this Riola going there to be the starter after CJ Shroud leaves? I... I think well I I believe he will win this job when he gets when he gets there whether they risk putting him as a backup or if they ask him to compete straight away because CJ Stroud's going to leave this year there's, there's no doubt about it I can't see him staying for an extra year when he can declare and go into 2023 you've then got Carl McCord who is he going to be happy being a backup this again this year maybe not so 
And you've also got Devin Brown, who's coming in as a freshman this year, who I believe is a four-star recruit as well. But I think out of those three, McCord, Brown and Raiola, from what I've seen from Raiola already at high school, he would be my pick. But obviously, we still need to see that transition once he hits Ohio, Ohio State and obviously the decision they make. But I don't want to see another U.S. because that is a that's a big talent to lose. But when you've got someone like CJ Stroud there, and you've got someone with you as potential, you can't expect him to to sit and wait two years before he plays it, before he plays it down. It's almost a blessing and a curse, Ohio State's quarterback room at the moment, isn't it? We you have so many players crammed into that revolving door that is stuck on the starter, but is yeah. being pushed by everybody else in the there's people leaving in the lobby, there's people leaving at the at the entrance, and it's almost as if I'm not saying this should definitely happen, but the big schools almost have too many quarterbacks and there should be a, you know, you can only have this amount as, a, as, and I know that isn't a college football thing and it's probably me trying to dilute the waters of every other school, but you get somebody like a Quinn Ewers who goes there for a year, possibly just for the NIL deal and then heads back down to Texas and is now the start for the Longhorns, we presume. And are we going to be seeing more of that in the future just for NIL deals and then they'll flip out after redshirt? I don't, I don't know. It'd be something that will take a few years to iron out. But mm. No, it's just... a good point. It's a very good point. The big schools do have a a hold on, on a lot of these top four and five-star quarterbacks and, and recruits in general, as, as you'd expect. It's something that we're never going to get away from. The, these players are going to want to go to the big schools, regardless of who's there. They'll, they, they'll have the confidence that they're going to be out. And then, of course, on the flip side, the schools are going to want the best talent available to, to sort of have their pick of the lineup when the, when they uh, when they do arrive. So, yeah, it is a it, yeah, it's it's a shame in one respect because I think if they if you saw well, like we saw in the twenty twenty three class, I can't remember his name, but Jackson State um, have obviously got the five star recruit cornerback. That's that's uh, that that was nobody was expecting, and so we might see more of that in the future. Why do um, I want to say Travis Hunter? Is that right? Wrong? I think it's wrong. I think I said that name when we talked about him initially, and it was nowhere near that. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 an interesting, you, you are, you're, yeah, it's Travis Hunter. You are correct. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Come on, stocks, have faith yeah, in yourself. Well now name the uh, now name the other top wide receiver they got as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. They did well in their recruitment, to be fair. And with Deon Sanders there, and if they have a good year, I can only expect that to improve as well. So, yeah, it, it would be an interesting thing to look into. I wonder if anyone's done any study on it on the percentage of quarterbacks that go to the big schools, your Bama's, the Ohio State's, Georgia's. No, maybe not George Georgia's, for example, actually. But the schools we all know, Clemson, renowned for their start and quarterbacks in the NFL. How many people went in from high school? did a year weren't good enough to to break the mold of the quarterback that was there and then transfer i wonder what percentage of five star and four star prospects end up playing for somewhere else after one one year because the eligibility runs out at that point yeah well i mean a good example is justin fields obviously he he originally was at georgia moved transferred to ohio state and obviously yeah he's he's going into his second year as a starter but he he does seem to be bucking the trend of ohio state quarterbacks in the nfl which is nice let's just hope his second year is uh is a good one but no you're completely right it'd be very interesting to see and now you've said it i'm probably going to do that outside of the podcast because i I want to know maybe i'll go back i don't know 10 years something like that maybe we'll see we'll see if we if, if if we speak about it next week 
listeners, then I did some work. If not, then <laughs> just forget this conversation ever happened. Then it got, it got lost in Ashes ether. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow is another one, right? He he bounced around and then ended up at LSU and and had an almost Bailey yeah, Zach-like season. Yeah, I can't remember where Burroughs originally came from. Wasn't he? Oh, he was Ohio State as well. Yeah, Yeah, of course he was. Yeah, sorry, he was there for two years before he went for uh, his last year at LSU. Sorry, two years at LSU as well. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. It's it's Ohio State. Ohio State just seemed to bring in all the quarterbacks and then disperse them out (laughs) to the the rest of the teams. But Before we move on to the next bit of news, Ash, way back when when you said uh, Justin Field was bucking the trend of Ohio State, was that a pun? Did you mean that? Maybe. No, you, <laughs> no I, I didn't. Not at all. You, but it was superb. It, it I, was great. I, I, I wish you didn't bring it out now because people would have been like, oh, that's a brilliant bit of uh, bit of wordplay he's done there. And now you've exposed me. But yeah, but I also wanted you to, to have the, you know, the accolades had you yeah, got well, it. So you should have just... You knew full well. <laughs> I think you're better than you think you are, Ash. So this next bit of news, did it, it shocked me in one way. And that's that Pittsburgh's wide receiver, Jordan Addison is highly expected to enter the transfer portal. Addison finished 2022, winning the Belitnikoff Award for the nation's top receiver. Reports are that Addison has not made a decision on his next destination. He's weighing up his options. But USC, shock, and Texas are the frontrunners. Now, the bit that shocked me about this was, normally when we see the Belitnikoff winner, we, we, we tend to see one of the most highly prolific receivers going into the draft class, if I'm right. Whereas Jordan Anderson won it last year and we didn't really, because he wasn't in the draft, unless you were a Blitnikoff fan or a big college football fan, that bypassed me completely. That I, I didn't even know Jordan Anderson had won it. Whereas had he mm. had been a draft prospect, it would have been in his draft notes, you know, Blitnikoff winner. This guy yeah. is obviously, a, we saw it with Jamar Chase, we saw it with Dever, Devonta Smith. It's, how good is Jordan Addison? Everything I've seen, I think Jordan Addison, if he'd have declared, I mean, if he was able to declare early for 2022, I think he would have been right up there in the conversation, but he's he's only going to get better. For me, he is, at the moment, I would say he's probably my number one wide receiver. Okay, so uh, you're in, pretty good then. <laughs> yeah, in, in college. Um, obviously, Bootle's up there for LSU. Um, Smith's and, Smith and Jigba is also up there from, from Ohio State. I've got him above Smith and Jigba at the moment. Um, and that's probably saying a lot considering I am an Ohio State fan. But yeah, he, he's right up there in the conversation. And uh, But you are spot on there. I think 2020, Belitnikoff was Devontae Smith. Obviously, he went that year. Jamar Chase, 2019. I, I want to say Jerry Judy was 2018. No, 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 Ash, your years are... No, I'm on about the winners. Right, uh, okay. The winners of the Belitnikoff, the Belit- well, her. Yep, you got it. That's that's the year they won it, but I don't think that... I don't think Jerry Judy went until 2020, did he? Did Jerry Judy win it? Jerry Judy won it in 2018, yeah. Did he? Yeah. Interesting. Because he okay. didn't, he didn't go, he didn't go for... Uh, he didn't go for a while, did he? No. But back on to Addison. Yeah, Addison for me is the top wide receiver for 2023 class and in and in, in college at the moment. Closely followed by Keishon Boot, I will add. It is that Boot, it's very close between the two of them. Um, but I think that from there, it's probably, there's, there's they sit, 
I wouldn't say a significant drop, but those two are the clear favourites for me. And then I'd say you've probably got Dante Demas from Maryland and Jacob Cowan from Arizona are probably up there as well, just specifically on the 2023 class, that is. And obviously Smith and Jiggler as well. But I'd say Addison is is my number one and, and probably the number one in college at the moment. Interesting. But his destination, I I believe he will end up in Texas. Oh, he's, he's no. been for a visit to Texas. He has he has worked out with Bryce Young in uh, Alabama, but he hasn't been to Alabama, and that 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 news seems to have that r- rumor seems to have died down a bit. It does seem to be out of LSC, um, USC, and Texas. But for me, I think Texas are the front runners because um, I believe Sarkeesian has got his receivers old receiving coach um from Pitt and potentially another one of the coaches from Pitt as well so I, I i if i had to put money on it i think addison will end up in texas you cannot sit there and say that he's worked out with Bryce Young the news has died down of him going to alabama and then not expect him to actually go to alabama when all is said and done there's just been there's just been nothing since about, yeah, about doesn't, alabama at all it's, it it's USC need to be. in texas yeah, it's alabama do you know what i mean if if okay, alabama yeah. turned around to the best wide receiver and say hey yo look come play with Bryce Young that's it, yeah. done deal. And then he just, I mean, sure, he's going to want to go see Caleb Williams down in USC. Why not? What they're building down there is pretty powerful right now. Texas, yeah. that is absolutely murdering the stock of my boy, the Speed Demon. <laughs> I just, oh, I, can't, I don't want him to go there. I just don't want him to go there. But, um, okay, we've got, we've got some, some other news. Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are reportedly negotiating a settlement to exit the AAC and officially join the Big 12 on July 1st, 2023. The AAC wanted $35 million from each school, but reports are the deals are now between 17 to 20 million, so that's dropped down. The costs are for the schools to leave a year earlier due to AAC bylaws requiring departing teams to provide 27 months' notice. That's a peculiar number to give on a notice. Yeah. This was going to be a long time away Ash and it now it could possibly be next year yeah well it was obviously originally reported 2024 and then quite quickly after that the 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 three programs said look we want to go early 2023 is is when we want to go and and when that happens it's it's then really back on the conferences it's in it's in their hands then as you see 35 million is what they wanted originally I mean 20 17 to 20 still nothing to scoff at but yeah it's uh it's it's really in the AAC's court because they could they they've dictated how much they want they've obviously got i, I want to say they've got four new teams themselves lined up who in turn are going to be coming in for 2023 now instead and have to pay their respective conferences um but yeah they they can sort of dictate what they want really they've got in high with a 35 and uh and then obviously <laughs> it looks like they're going to agree with somewhere between 17 and 20 Talking of talking of lots of money, I don't know whether you saw this actually. I think it's it's either Kentucky or Memphis. One of those two schools are proposing a two hundred million dollar stadium revamp. I I want to wow. say it's Kentucky, and they got this bit called the Halo at the very top of the. It's a bowl, so there's yeah. no roof, and the Halo is a little roof around one of the sideline stands, and under the Halo is going to be all the VIP boxes. It looks legit good, is what it. 
That's I can't. Cool. I like it's that. either Kentucky or Memphis. I saw it on uh, College Game Day, but it the, is my, it is Memphis. I've just is it Memphis? Look. Yeah, it looks. Just, oh, that looks, looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we're not. If you're on the audio, we haven't got it on the screen. You're not missing no, no. anything at this I'm point. I'm just looking at it online. Yeah. Go, go check out Memphis's new stadium wow. proposal. It look, doesn't it look cool? Yeah, they want it done by 2025 as well, starting in 2023. If they if they turn that around in two years, I'll be shocked. Stadiums are <laughs> stadiums <laughs> never get done that quickly, do they? But it's not uh, a rebuild, is it? It's just that no, no, they're, they're expanding so, to it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But no, yeah. back on back onto the AAC and obviously the uh, the Big Twelve as well. It, they are going in twenty twenty three, and I have found the schools that are going to be going into the AAC. It's um, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas Rice, UAB, UTSA. They are the six that are going to be going into the into the um, the AAC, and also obviously, of course, BYU are going to be joining the Big Twelve as well next season. Now, I can't remember if BYU. To, uh, said at the same time as the other three schools, or if they said earlier, but because they're independent, obviously they don't they don't follow the same restrictions. They they're going to have to pay something to get into the Big Twelve, but they don't have the same. You're going to have to give us this much money because they're in the independent conference, so it works slightly differently, and they can also dictate when they join. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's at the same time as the, the these other three teams. It, just... it will be, yeah. All for, all all four are joining on July first now, and it's just it's those three just finalising their deals. And is this going to be along the same lines of if this does happen, are we going to be seeing Texas and Oklahoma moving <sighs> over is... when they come in? Or are they going to stay there for the year until their projected move date? That is a very good question because they're not supposed to be going to uh, until um, 2024, are they? I haven't yeah. seen anything about that. Sorry, 2025, I think it is, that, that Oklahoma and Texas go. I haven't seen that they're going to be going sooner. Surely they're, they're the driving force behind all of this initially, right? So you'd think that yeah. they would be the ones doing this move. I wonder if there's something AAC TV deal mm, wanted maybe. before. So these teams want to get in to get the money for a new... I don't know. That's that's way beyond me, TV deals. I know that TV deals is big money for college football. Yeah, well, I haven't seen anything about Texas and Oklahoma going early. So if they don't, and they don't go till 2025, we're going to have a... Uh, we're going to have a big, big 12 in uh, <laughs> a couple of years. It's going to be a big 12. Okay. That's all the news for today, Ash, unless anything yep. else has slid into your DMs whilst we've been talking. It has not that I've seen. No, there hasn't been anything uh, anything that's come up that I've seen. There's a couple of bits and pieces, but nothing, uh, nothing discussion-worthy at the moment. Okay. Let's talk some super early preseason top 25, as we mentioned. This is from ESPN. Ash, I'm assuming we're going 25 backwards, right? Yeah, of course, as always. Okay, super. Would you like to go first or second? Um, I will go second. You go first. Or I'm assuming we're doing this with this alternating... Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, okay. definitely. Go okay. for it. So, at uh, 25, we do have the Florida Gators. They were unranked at the finish of 2021. They had a 6-7 and seven record, but a poor 2-6 and six record in the A. Uh, SEC, sorry. Currently, according to ESPN, they are predicted 0% to make the college football playoff, which is, is understandable because this is Billy Napier's first year, the former Louisiana coach, bringing some solid recruiting connections from the, into the Sunshine State. 
we talked about AR15 earlier, Ash. It's good for Billy Napier to have his quarterback locked in. That was a pun related to the AR15. If you didn't get it, <laughs> read a book. Uh, what do we think about the, the Gators at 25? I'm not surprised that the Gators are ranked at the moment. Um, I don't expect them to be there at the end of the year because I don't think they're, they're, they have enough depth this season to... To, to compete with the uh, with the with the top teams in the SEC, unfortunately, I, I like Anthony Richardson. I do like Jack Miller coming in as well. I mentioned it earlier. I think that is going to be a good battle. Um, but outside of that, I mean, nothing really. There's no real standouts that you expect to see from from uh, from Florida. I don't think they're going to struggle, but I think they're they're going to have a, a probably a similar season to what they did last year, sort of middle of the road SEC team. Unfortunately, that's fair. Twenty four ash. Yep. Mississippi State Bulldogs are at 24, which, again, does it surprise me? No. I think Mike Leach has got his got his uh, offense there. He knows how to run it. He, he always... Run he it. Always having a, or, or pass it, should I... Sorry, that was the complete wrong words, yeah. Um, he knows how to pass it, shall we say. Um, and I think they've got Will Rogers coming in um this season as well who who's i think he's going to be quite successful there they've always had a good defense as well um they had a good defense last year i don't expect that to change they didn't lose many of their um defensive starters from from 2020 i think maybe seven or eight of them were uh, are gone or yeah i don't I, I, again they didn't they weren't ranked last year SEC is a horrendous conference. That's where a lot of these SEC teams fall down in their losses is to the big teams, which then, of course, affects their pre- their, their top 25. But if I had to put, if I had to, I would say Mississippi State will be will be ranked over Florida, um, at least if, if, if I was going to go between the two of them. One thing I will say about Mississippi State, though, is their schedule in 2023 2022-23 season is horrendous. Um, I was looking at it when, I, when we do, I was doing a bit of research for this, but I think they've got um, Bama, they've got Texas A&M, Georgia, Auburn, Arkansas, but they've got them all at home, um, which may be, may be a positive. They are playing all those at home, but obviously, as I say, the SEC is a horrible conference, and yeah, I don't think it matters if you're home away against some of those teams. <laughs> they're they're away to Alabama as well, so I yeah, sort of not, chopped that one up already. That's what I was going to say. Will Rogers coming back is a good move for Mike Leach, but that schedule is <laughs> horrendous because the SEC is so good. Yeah, 24 seems fair for MSU. Right, 23. Oregon, Oregon at 23 feels... I don't know. We we're so used to seeing them higher, but yeah. are they going to be? I mean, they finished twenty two last year after being what top four for so for long, pretty much the whole year. Yeah. Do you know what? This is a difficult one. I really don't know what to what to think about Oregon this year. Of course, they've got Bo Nix coming in. He's transferred from Auburn. Um, Ty Thompson, the freshman from last year. Was he? Yeah, he was freshman last year. Yeah. So th- there's there's going to be that battle between the two of them. Um, they've got some good players. They've lost some massive players over the last couple of years. Obviously, Kayvon Fubino this year, 
Hanai Suel the year before. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because obviously Mario Cristobal's gone down to to Miami now. Yeah, new coach. Yeah, Dan Lanning is in from Georgia. the The Oregon defense is normally pretty stout. Mm-hmm. Dan Lanning, obviously, pretty good defense in Georgia there. But is that a case of the best players making Dan Lanning look good, or does Dan Lanning know how to make the best players even better on defense? That's gonna I, be. Yeah, I mean. Those players from Georgia last year were incredible. And the draft goes to show just how good they were. But Lanning ran that defense so well. I think he will have a massive factor on this on this uh, on this Oregon defense. It's the offense that maybe worries me slightly. Bo Nix, we've seen in the past, can be very <laughs> sporadic. I do like Ty Thompson as a recruit. I'm very interested to see, firstly, if he wins out the job. Um, and secondly, how he performs on the field. Trey Franklin, the the wide receiver, is is one of their big talents. Deontay Fortin is another one wide receiver. They've got some pieces there. It's just going to be interesting to see how that offense does under Cristobal. I Lanning. would expect them to finish higher than twenty twenty three, though. Yeah, I, I I'd be I'd I think... be I'd be surprised if they do another twenty two like they did in twenty like they did. Finishing twenty twenty two, yeah, no, no, that's fair. I think you're right. I think I think they're a top fifteen team just because of their schedule and and how the the Pac twelve tends to play out. Twenty three, Ash. This yeah, twenty two. Sorry, another interesting one. Twenty two, North Carolina. Yeah, um, North Carolina, UNC, as they're as they're known by most. <laughs> I I'm not surprised to see them ranked. I think there is still some big talent there, especially on the offense. Josh Downs, of course, is is easily the top wide receiver in this team. And again, as we spoke about wide receivers earlier, he's going to be right up there in conversations in 2023. Drake May, the second-year quarterback, I am really excited to see. Now Sam Howell's gone. The O-line was very suspect at times last year. And they lost half of their starters. So that is going to be a big factor for for Drake May and this offense this year. Much like it was for Sam Howell last year, he lost his weapons in both wide receiver and running backs. And he had a horrible offensive line. Drake May or uh, Criswell could still win the job. But he is obviously the, the, the more senior of the two, but I would be very surprised to, to not see Drake May as a starter. Whichever one of those, though, whichever one of them do win it, it's going to be a difficult task if this offensive line doesn't improve. Um, they recruited well, which I think is going to help them. Um, their 2022 class looked looked great. They were right up there in terms of in terms of the recruiting class, and I I can see a couple of those starting straight off the bat. Will they be ranked? I don't know. I think the ACC might have taken a step back this year, so there is potential for that to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in and around this sort of area. What can, well, what they really need is, is Tony Grimes to really step up into that five-star lockdown corner that he was projected to be coming out of high school. When, when they yeah. recruited him, he was going to be you know, the saviour of the secondary for... For North Carolina, and so far he's not been the guy they hoped. And I mean, that 
they did get a five-star lineman, Travis Shaw, in the 2022 class, which is a great get. But when you've got somebody of Tony Grimes's possible pedigree that he, he really needs to pop to make the defence stand out when the offence could be hither or nither because we're just not sure, like you said, what we're going to get. So it'd be interesting to see. I think you're right. The... The, a, the ACC may have taken a step back, but I'm not so sure that they haven't all taken a step back together and it could be just this huge melting pot of nothingness. I'm not sure. It's, true, it, true, true. It, it all depends on Clemson, doesn't it? If Clemson's beatable, yeah. everybody thinks that they can have a piece of Clemson and, and then take on anybody. Whereas if Clemson, Clemson gets out the claws and, and puts people to the sword early at Death Valley, it, it's a different, a different uh, conference to play in, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Twenty-one. 21. Yeah, it's me. our first. You, you, is it? you. No, it's not. Yes. You oh, yeah, just it is. I just did UNC. Sorry, we spoke about it so long. I already forgot. Fine. I've got the Badgers at twenty-one. Wisconsin are at twenty-one. Nine and four last year. Six and three in yeah. the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Have a zero point six percent chance to reach the college football playoff, which. After last year, I think they played well the second half of last year, and yeah, considering how they started, they yeah they they. It improved massively. That um, I think they're one of the teams to watch in the Big Ten. A lot of it will come down to Graham Mertz, who had a phenomenal freshman year, and then just sort of massively regressed in 2021, which everyone was so surprised about. He really struggled. I know he had a few injuries, but I was surprised to see him regress so badly from his freshman year. He will need to improve if this offense is going to succeed. Yeah. It's it's surprisingly to me they ranked number 1 nationally ahead of Georgia last year on defense. However, yeah, that... they have lost a lot of pieces of that puzzle. So mm-hmm. they do recruit well defensively. We know that Wisconsin is always stout on defense. Have they done enough to to back up the players they've lost in the draft? Only time will tell on that. The good thing the Badgers do get lead rusher Braylon Allen back and 1,268 yards with 12 touchdowns last season is pretty good. And that does give Graham Mertz the comfort of a decent running back at least. So, yeah. Yeah. Braylon Allen going back is great. You're, you're, you're bob on with the with the defence there. It's going to be, yeah, it, that is what carried them through a lot of games last year. And they've lost their their two key pieces on that. There's in Jake Sanborn and Leo Chanel, the, uh, the, the the middle linebackers. They're gone. I think this defense is still going to be one of the best. The Wisconsin defenses are always right up there. I don't expect that to change. I do expect them to take a slight step back with those two gone and some other key pieces gone. But they're, they're coached so well on the defensive side. It's more the offensive side that I, I'm not concerned about, but that I would, I would, I'm interested to see because, of course, they've also lost Jake Ferguson, their tight end, who was one of their one of their main players in in their offensive game. Like, yeah. and he's gone now. So they've they've got Graham Mertz who needs to prove himself. They've got a Braylon Allen who is going to get the ball a lot because he's going to be called upon a lot, and they've got a wide receiver and tight end core that is that needs to prove themselves. Agreed. 20, we have Kentucky Wildcats, of course, in the SEC. They finished 10 and 3 last year, 5 and 3 in the SEC, which was probably a surprise to many. Um, I'm not surprised on the back of that to see them ranked, and I'm not surprised to see them ranked about here. They've got one of the top 
quarterbacks in the class who is oh, getting steady one of he's getting <laughs> a lot of attention at the moment as well the uh, hype train bro it, it is probably the hype train it's one of those outside of the top guys that people are rooting for i i i do fully expect him at this present moment in time to be a first round quarterback in 2023 this year is going to be a massive factor on that one of the positives I did have is they have Chris Rodriguez as their running back. However, mm. he's got himself into a bit of trouble this week. Or was it last week? I can't remember. He's been arrested. He's been charged with, with DUI. So it remains to be seen what impact that's going to have on his, the, his year. If he's not back, that's a massive piece of their game plan gone, which will be hugely impactful for Kentucky. Of course, they've lost... Um, Wondell Robinson, their top wide receiver, who went he went first round in the draft, didn't he? Which I think was it first round or second round? I think it might have been second round. He went a lot mean... higher than he went a lot higher than people were expecting, but I can't remember. He went to um, he went to Giants, didn't he? Yeah, he went, yeah, he to, went yeah. to Giants, which people were surprised about because obviously he's almost a carbon copy of Tony. Uh, he went sorry, he went second round, early second round, but a lot of people were surprised he went that high. However, he's gone. They've lost a lot of their defense. They're potentially not going to have Chris Rodriguez. I don't know. They picked up some big wins last year. Can they do it again this year? I'm not so sure. Again, SEC being the conference it is, uh, I don't see them being ranked for long if they do, if they are ranked when the official APs come out at the start of the season. Interesting. This feels, I think Kentucky are one of those teams that are sneaky good for a top, top. 22 to 17 spots so I think having them at 20 is I think it's just the safe thing to do and I feel like maybe they might be 19th come the end of the season they do just grind out wins don't they like, yeah they are a team that play well as a whole which may be why Will Levis looks as good as he does because their team plays as well as it does but I don't know they've lost a lot they've lost they a lot they have Baylor are at 19. They finished last year at number five after a superb 12-2 and season. 7-2 and in the Big 12. Baylor just smashed it last year. Dave Aranda brought Baylor up from two wins to a Big 12 championship and a Sugar Bowl victory in a year. So that is a significant turnaround. And, and they... I think they could do it again. I'm not saying they're going to finish fifth, but I think they'll finish ranked because what I saw of them last year, they're, they're a really, really good outfit, Baylor. Quarterback has changed. Blake mm -hmm. Sharpen is now going to be the starter, not Jerry Bohannon. Am I correct, Ash? Yeah, he's gone to... He's yeah, quite... yeah, he's I can't remember somewhere. which is what I lent you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's gone yeah, to Blake... quite random. <laughs> yeah, not random, it's, but... it's not uh, Baylor, that's for sure. 72% uh, passer last year, five TDs, no picks. However, the offensive line is mostly back, which really helps Blake Sharpen. I just... This is the season, Ash, that obviously last year they, they won the Big 12 Championship game and, and yeah. won the bowl game. Do we think before the big teams come into the Big 12, this is one of Baylor's last big chances? think so i think it will be yes um i'm really i'm concerned about their offense 
They were middle of the road in the Big 12 last year. Their defense got them through a lot of games. Jerry Bohannon is gone. He wasn't great. He's gone. Blake Sharp had come in and he didn't look that good. They don't have any pass catchers. Sorry, Gavin Holmes is probably their best pass catcher. He missed all of all of last year with an injury. He's had a few injuries. Apart from that, I want to say the only other all of the other receivers returning from last year if don't have any contributions. <laughs> Everybody's gone that from from the from the from the uh from the wide receiver room apart from apart from Gavin Holmes and and the, and the guys who who didn't really have any contributions last year. Maybe I think honestly I think if if I remember correctly that's worrying if that's true. Baldwin is the only person who who even had a, a catch or two last year. I, I, if I'm correct in saying, obviously Gavin Holmes, he's there. He is a good wide receiver if he can stay fit. I'm not so sure he can. They've also lost Tristan Ebner and Abraham Smith, their running backs. And again, Craig Williams is now their starting running back, who again is a good running back, but he missed all of last year with a knee injury. So, well, a lot of last year with a knee injury. There's a so many question marks on this offense, but their defense are going to probably pull them through a lot of games again in, in 2022-23. Yeah. This next one, I love this next team. <laughs> yeah, so 18 is the Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes of the ACC. Last year, they finished 7-5, and 5-3 five, five and three in the ACC. I mean, this is... I was quite surprised to see this here. Is this an overreaction to the quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, who is getting... Don't, don't, don't say his name. Don't say oh. his name. I don't want people knowing about Tyler Van Dyke. All right, all right. We're still no, no, no. Until his name. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't think it is. I think Tyler Van Dyke played well last year. Oh, yeah. It was, it was supposed to be the Derek King year. And Tyler Van Dyke, was he a freshman last year? I think he was a freshman last year. Yeah, he was, yeah. There was, I think there was either two of them. One of them maybe, maybe there was a sophomore and a freshman. There was two guys fighting for the job. Van Dyke won out and played fantastically well. Yeah. And I think this is a good mixture of Mario Cristobal coming in and Tyler Van Dyke being really good that I think Miami could be sneaky good this year. Oh no! I, I yeah. I what I meant by an overreaction is because of how how good Tyler Van Dyke looked last year and and the expectations surrounding him. Um, Cristobal, you're right, is is going to be coming in and, and we'll and we'll freshen it up. I do like um, I do like that tight end, Will Mallory. He's he's impressed me from what I saw of him last year. I just yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is an interesting one for me. I haven't really had a great deal. I haven't looked a great deal at, at Miami's as a whole in terms of their their um their depth chart this year and, and their roster. So seeing it at 18 initially surprised me, but then when I thought about it with Tyler Van Dyke, I I I sort of it didn't surprise me as much because there is a, <laughs> a hell of a lot of hype around him this year. Yeah, and they're they're obviously building for the future. They've got a lot of young players on the roster mm-hmm. now and and Mario Cristobal, as we both know, as everybody knows, Ash is a very, very good head coach. So yeah. I expect Miami to be around that point, if not a little bit higher, with some good results in, in the ACC. Let's let's move to 17. Got the Ole Miss Rebels. They finished 11 last year. 
10 and 3 in the S uh, 10 and 3 6 and 2 in the SEC sorry however we do know that they are missing one key piece from that and that is Mr Matt Corral however another however they have added a couple of decent pieces <laughs> one being Jackson Dart and the other being Zach Evans so you lose Matt mm. Corral you get Jackson Dart and Zach Evans I mean it's like yeah I don't think this offense is going to miss a miss a step if Jackson Dart plays as we was it as we expect him to. He was highly rated in, coming into UCF at USC. Obviously, he's moved on for for obvious reasons. And Zach Evans is an unbelievable running back, one of the best running backs that's going to be coming out next year. Um, yeah, if anything, this it, it's difficult to say because they, I think they finished I think they finished top in the SEC on offense. This offense could be better, and Matt Corral's gone, but it could be better with Jackson Dart and and, and Zach Evans in town, and yeah. that is what is going to be the factor for them, as it was last year. This their their offense is going to is going to break is going to pull them through a lot of games. They've got a lot of new players in in defense, which hopefully we'll see an improvement on that. But I fully expect to see Dart and, and Evans on the field a lot again next year, and I expect them, as I say, to perform as well, if not better, than Corral and Co. did in, in 2022. Yeah, agreed. Ash, can you hear a harmonica? I can hear something in the background, yes. Yeah, there appears to be maybe some form of fight about to break out and somebody either playing music to it on a harmonica or one of the fight participants is playing a harmonica. I see. can't see. I can only apologise for the background noise of nation. <laughs> it's very warm today and the window is open. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right, Ash, and... This ranking of 17 may actually be very low for Ole Miss, considering mm -hmm. if Zach Evans can so. be the running back that we know he is. It's a great landing spot for him heading into the draft next year. I think, I think, I think 11's right. 17 could be low on the fact that Matt Corral's gone and the what if of of Jackson Dart. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It is a little bit of a what if, but. They are proven players, obviously dart in limited fashion at USC, but both of them are proven players that, that I cannot see. I think they're going to do really well at Ole Miss. 16, we have our second Big Ten team, and that is Michigan State. Somewhat surprise packages of last year, but an incredibly impressive team overall. Went 11-2, and two, finished 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. They have, of course, lost Kenneth Walker, but... Peyton, Peyton Fawn, the quarterback, is back. Yeah, but is and that a good thing? What, the Peyton Fawn's back? Yeah, like, I understand <sighs> he was good last year, but that he wasn't great. Peyton Fawn no. is a game manager. The guy is not an elite prospect. Yeah, he, yeah exactly. Yeah, but, he, yeah he's a, he's a, but he's a good game manager. He's had another year under his belt. Yes, Kenneth Walker's gone, which was a massive piece of their offense last year, but they've brought in um, direct Bruchard, and Jaden Berger, Bruchard from Colorado, and Berger was at Wisconsin. They brought those two in as running backs who, who are, who have impressed in college already. So I don't, I think Fawn being that game manager works well for this Michigan State team because they're another team that play as a unit. Um, they've I, I... also brought in a lot of players on the defensive side of things as well, uh, which they needed because at times their defence was very suspect last year. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I just think that 
because of how Michigan State played last year, maybe Peyton Thorne got too many accolades. I know it was all the Kenny Walker show. I, this isn't me hating on Peyton Thorne, and I, I would love for him to come out and say, not say, but then it's not going to be a personal attack on me, obviously, because he had no <laughs> idea of my existence. But I just don't think when your defense was as porous, like you say, as it was last year, is Peyton Thorne the guy able to now slice open teams at will if they need it? I think they need those two running backs, as you mentioned, to really take over from Kenny Walker. Otherwise, I'm not yeah. sure Peyton Thorne's the guy I want trying to lead a comeback. No, no, they need they need them. Um, they need those two running backs to impress, and they need their defense to improve. You are correct. Um, can they pull off what they did last year with that 11 and two and finishing ninth in the AP rankings and getting so close to the the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's going to be. I see. It's a very these all of these teams around here. A lot of them have got a big big changes, so it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how they perform when they hit the field. Yeah, one of those teams is Utah. They are at fifteen. They finished last year at twelfth with a ten and four record. Okay, where are Utah? So obviously, Cam Risen took over yeah. the job last year, was superb for Utah. The team were really good. They've obviously lost Devin Lloyd, which is a massive blow. Mm. And they also lost Britton Covey. But they do have Tavion Thomas, star running back, returning. Scored 21 touchdowns last year on a team that is defensively based, likes to run the football. The fact Cam Rising is there, had another year under his belt, like you said about Peyton Thorne. Tavion Thomas is back. This Utah team at 15, I think, is a little bit low. Low? Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't think they've lost too much. It, it remains to be seen what sort of an impact losing Devin Lloyd. They've also lost a couple of their key cornerbacks as well. Sorry, um, safeties. And Nemsuel, the other linebacker. I don't know. It's no, I, I, yeah, maybe Cameron maybe Rising. Is... I think having having Cameron Rising and um, Tavion Tom, Thomas coming back is a massive plus on the offensive side. And again, they've got a, they've they've got a pretty good offensive line. And if they if they perform as well as they did last year, I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar outing from from Tavion Thomas and Cameron Rising. It's just the defense have they have they been able to. Re- replace those players that played so well for them last year. That's my only question. Yeah, no, it's fair. And maybe it's my love of the state of Utah being a little bit biased here, but I just think that Utah are like one of those teams akin to Wisconsin where they just seem to always have a good defence and there's players that come through that start to shine a light when others fade. So, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe my bias is, is a little bit too strong here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I think the uh, as I, said, I think the offense is, is going to be a big factor more than it was last year, just with the losses they've had on defense. But moving on to number fourteen, we have another SEC team. This time it is Texas A and M. They finished eight and four last year and a four and four in the SEC. Jimbo Fisher's recruiting is the first thing we've got to talk about <laughs> because they pulled off an absolute masterstroke. Obviously. The player, the, the 2022 and also in 2023, they've got loads of players coming in as well. But I don't know what is going on down in AM, what they're saying to people, but wow, 
they they absolutely smashed it out of the park and they've they've added everywhere on the recruiting side yeah. and also transfer as well let's not forget they have um obviously Zach Calzada's gone he went to Auburn but they've got Max Johnson who's coming from LSU they've got Haynes King still there who was obviously missed a lot of the year injured and they've also got the five star um Connor Weidman they've got three starting quarterbacks obviously Weidman's a question mark because he's a, he's a new recruit but you're not five star for no reason but Max Johnson and Haynes King are both starting and what good starting quarterbacks as well that are competing for that job and then they've just improved everywhere else the only question mark potentially is can they get over not having Spiller there but then my argument back to myself on that is they have got <laughs> Devon Acme um, uh, sorry, um, uh, a chain. I can't. I can't say this. I can't pronounce his bloody surname. Um, How do you spell it, Ash? A C H A N E. A chain. A charney. Devon a charney. I, I like a charney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. So Spiller's a massive loss. He had one of the best running back seasons last year. Obviously overshadowed by Walker and and Bryce Hall, but. Um, he was right up there, Spiller, with them in terms of the 2021 season. And so I don't think they've lost too much on anywhere and they've improved almost everywhere. I, this is too low for me for Texas. Yeah, yeah. I was just yes. going to say, 40, yeah, they, they were unranked last year, but 14 yeah. seems hyper low for one of the, if not the highest recruiting yeah, class. Yeah, I think and... it's, yeah, it is. it was the highest recruiting class of, of 2022. And, and yeah, you're right. It's probably one of the, one of the highest we've, we've seen. Maybe the reservation is there is a lot of these, there's a lot of freshmen that are quite close to being starters in terms of what is in front of them. But that that isn't always a negative. A lot of these can step right in and be starters. Jacoby Matthews, the five-star safety, I would not be surprised to see him start day one. Gabriel Brownlee-Dindy, Brownlow-Dindy, the edge, expect to see him start day one. Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, these are all five-star recruits. They they are I can expect I, I fully expect them all to be starters when when AM hit the field next year. And let's not forget, they've got Ayanis Smith, the wide receiver in the slot as well, who is also a, a, an unbelievable talent. This is too low um for me for for AM. I would have them inside the top 10. Yes, there are a lot of question marks because there is a lot of new players, but just everything that they've done so far A&M are a team that people need to look out for this year despite the fact they're in the SEC yeah and they come into this year knowing that they can beat Alabama and that's with last year's team as well so yeah at 13 we have Oklahoma State the Cowboys finished last year at number seven 12 and two record of the eight and one in the big 12 so the Cowboys had a stellar year last year the top defence in college football a year ago has lost its coordinator after Jim Knowles took the Ohio State job. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good move for your Buckeyes, Ash. But they did, however, lose three key pieces in the secondary. Spencer Sanders. I've never been sold on Spencer Sanders, Ash. And... Yeah, he's very up and down, isn't he? Yeah, he, in terms he's got of one minute he's got at some some think he'll pull something out of the bag. Next minute he'll make the silliest mistake you've ever seen, and you'd be baffled by it. 
He's so up and down. Yeah, he's he's almost superb and terrible, and there is no middle ground for Spencer <sighs> Sanders. And for a team that's got defense, it doesn't feel like the right quarterback for the Cowboys. If that makes sense, I don't know. Uh, they 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 do not have Jalen Warren coming back, which is a big loss for Spencer Sanders. I don't know if this is a fair ranking for the Cowboys, and I feel like they're more of an 18 to 20 ranked team for me right now. Yeah, I would agree. I think the question mark over Spencer Sanders, the, they didn't lose a lot on offense, but what they did lose was Tay Martin, who is their best wide receiver. Um, and they've also lost Jalen Warren, the running back, who was their best running back. So apart from that, that's about it that they've lost, but they've lost basically their two key pieces. They've not only lost their coordinator, but they have been ravaged on defense as a whole. So that whole unit, along with the coordinator, is going to be almost new. I think they lost six of their top 10 tacklers from last year. Um, That's a lot. It, it's a complete change on the on the defensive side. I agree with you. I think 14, 13's maybe a little high, and we're probably coming off of the back of what they did last year. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's... Um, yeah, I think they they they're probably you're right going to be sort of 18, 18 to twenty range for me. Twelve, we have another Big Ten team. This time it is the Penn State Nittany Lions. They of course finished seven and six last year um, after what was a terrible start. They managed to pull it back, and again, I think they're a team that's re- they've kept a lot of their offense, but they've lost a lot of their defense. So. I don't know. Sean Clifford's back, which is a massive plus for them. But they have lost a whole host of their their top talent. Let's 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 be honest. Um, they've got a new defensive coordinator in Manny Diaz. I don't know. It's always I, I, you cannot lose Noah Kane to LSU, and yeah, just yeah, one of the best running backs for football goes to LSU, and that is a big that is a big impact. Yeah. Uh, Especially when know. we know the the stature of Penn State running backs from previous years, mm. you know, Saquon Barkley, and then the year after Miles Sanders. Yeah, their 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 defense is still good, despite of, despite the fact that despite who they lost, they've still got Jerry Porter Jr. there. Um, they've still got Curtis Jacobs there, the linebacker. Um, I don't know. It's, this is a really difficult one. Like you say, I think. Losing Noah Kane is massive for this for this team. I think it's fair. I think it's actually probably Bob on. I think twelve is Yeah, I would say so at the moment. Off of off of their if you look at their, their roster as a whole, how they performed the back end of last year, I think the I think the start of last year was an outlier. I, I would be very surprised to see uh, to see them do that again. They've had a couple of bad years. Um yeah I'm I think this is about right. Maybe slightly lower. Maybe I'd say maybe 15, 16, somewhere sort of there. I think a couple of teams you spoke about below, I would probably personally have above Penn State. Yeah. Talking of bad years, at 11, we have LSU. The Tigers were unranked after a 6-7 and seven record last year, 3-5 and five in the SEC. But let's be honest, LSU checked out of college football almost instantly last year. They now have Brian Kelly as head coach from Notre Dame. Brian Kenny won a lot of games at Notre Dame. Notre Dame was an independent school. Can he do it at LSU? That is the question. LSU, though, 
are one of the perennial powerhouses of college football from recent years. Has one of the best receivers in Keyshawn Boutte. LSU have recruited well recently regardless, and they do have some top-tier talent. They've used, they lost Stingley Jr. in the draft, and they also lost... Who is the cornerback that went to Bama, Ash? Uh, um, Hansford. Yeah. All I, I can think of is Stuart Sink, and I know it's not the bald golfer he used to play. Oh, Eli Hicks. That's the uh, one. Eli Ricks. Eli Ricks. Eli Ricks, yeah. Sorry, so yeah. when yeah. you lose Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley, the, the secondary is obviously an issue. But yeah, yeah. I, I just think Brian Kelly is the right type of head coach that can get LSU turned around. And I think 11, I think 11 is that sweet spot for LSU where if they play really well into the LSU that perhaps we think they could be, this might be a little low. If they stutter Brian Kelly's first year, have a good few wins, maybe end up around the six and seven. Uh, no, sorry, around like maybe eight and five or, or nine and four, then this might be a, a bit high. But I think this is probably the right spot for LSU at this point of the season. Yeah, I, I would say this is about right. Obviously, they've got Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. He's transferred in. Of course, they've got Kayshawn Boot, the, the wide receiver. Um, John Emery, the running back who missed all of last year. Um, he was he was ineligible because of academic issues, I believe. He's back and he had a good um, 2020 in what was a, a short on 2020. Um I don't know. I think I think Jaden Daniels or Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan can still come back from this injury and win the starting job. I I, I don't I, I I don't think they will. I think Jaden Daniels will win it. I think there's enough between them three to 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 pull this team forward. The secondary is a huge question mark. Obviously they <laughs> yeah. they lost everybody basically. Stingley and um, Cordell Flute have gone to the NFL. Eli Hicks has gone to Bama. They've also lost um, Dwight McLaughlin, who was. Um, another he wasn't the starter, but he was a top backup. He's gone to Arkansas. They've used the portal to bring in a whole new secondary, basically. So that's going to have to gel together. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's going to really be riding on what this offense did, can do, and can and can Brian Kelly get these guys moving straight away? Yeah, Ash. Yes. Conscious of time here, do you yeah. want to roll through the top 10 or do you want to do the top 10 and what we were going to do, which is the Heisman, top Heisman candidates as a separate pod later in the week? The choice is entirely up to you. Yeah, I, I mean, we are we are already over an hour and I think the top 10 is going to have even more discussion than the others. So I think we do this as a two-parter. We come well, back I, later in the week and do, it, and do another one. Yeah, I'm fully on board. I am... Um, I, I think I mean, it would be it. It, it would be remiss of us to just gloss over the. Top I agree. 10. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be rushing twenty minutes worth of the top ten when there's probably about an hour's worth minimum that we can discuss on the top ten. Yeah, I, I think it's only fair to Rush Nation and to us because I'm learning so much as we go through this. So it would be it would be poor of us, I think, Ash, to, to gloss <laughs> over it. Rush Nation. The secret was that Ash and I will be covering off the Heisman candidates. Uh, the odds may have changed by the next pod, so that list might be different. I, I, it's not mm. going to actually. Let's be honest. The, Probably not. But not, you never not know. Until the season starts, <laughs> so we're going to we're going to be seeing anything. Rush Nation, 
that is going to do it for the first of this now two-part series on the ESPN Top 25. Ash and I managed to talk more than normal, which should be no surprise right now. Ash, are you definitely sure about this? Sure about what? The two-part? Huh? Two yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, Top 10 needs its own its own podcast. We, okay. we can't, yeah, it's got to. There's some, there's some big teams. There is. There's, well, there's 10 big teams. and There's 10 big fun. teams, yeah. And uh, I was... We, we, we'll we'll see the big team that I'm surprised aren't in here that that I was hoping to to uh, to mention, but we'll, we'll save that for next week as well. And that is the cliffhanger we are going to leave today's podcast on Rush Nation. Thank you for joining us for part one. Part two will be with you later on in the week. Ash, as always, my man, it's been a pleasure. Catch you down the road in a couple of days' time. Rush Nation Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.